All right. So I am ill-prepared for this episode today. I am too. Nice. We've got some notes. All right. Who cares? No, yeah, no, totally. Because the good thing about oh, notes, yeah. the great thing about notes is, is that, you know, you can lean on that as a crutch when you don't know what to talk about. We don't, we never follow it. Any, like, <laughs> we always end up ignoring it anyway. Yeah, exactly. At some point. I tell you what, though, I've had the notes for our mini episode up here forever, like pinned to the top of it. And so yeah. whenever I bring up keep Google Keep at work, like the first thing you see is just fucking sex cult, you know? That <laughs> like, <is>. wow. <laughs> That's got to be our next. Uh, well, it's like every time we go to record a mini, something happens. Right. And that that needs to be the mini. It does. Like, that was the original mini, and we keep pushing it back because other things keep happening, and that topic is evergreen because it is batshit crazy. I'm also concerned that it's not going to be a mini, like, that it's going to be too much. When I, I was mean, going through the research, I'm like, mm, all right, let's start as a mini, and I don't know. I mean, you're a big, you're a big fan of um, Smallville, and I, yeah. I was a big fan of it. Um, but I jumped off like in the, in the post, um, uh, what's supernatural Lana? boy. No. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about characters. Okay. Well, yeah. So, when, when, when they started leaving, like when it was like, okay, Lex is gone and now Lana's gone. Oh yeah. And then, oh, well, Lex is back in episode and oh no, it's this evil clone who looks nothing like him. You know, just stuff like that. It was like, all right. Yeah. They never showed the face of the other the other Lex thing. <laughs> right, right. So I kind of jumped. Yeah. I kind of jumped I, out. I get it. I would say it's still, in my mind, a strong show. Yeah, um, and you know what? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I I did come back to it uh, when yeah. they started doing their, their pseudo-Justice League slash Teen Titans thing. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a show, too, that, that holds up really well. Okay. Um, because I rewatched it recently. I still have a couple episodes of it that I haven't watched, so I haven't gotten to the finale. Mm. Um, I think it holds up really well looking at the Arrow and Flash and all of those shows, which is surprising because I thought it would be the opposite. Yeah, it is surprising because, yeah, like they, they did so much to circumvent having to use superheroes or, you know, make it feel like a superhero show. Yeah. In this modern age, it's funny that that's just kind of handed to us now. Like, you get a costume yeah. within the first ten minutes of a show, and it's like, oh, well. You get a new costume every year. Right. That That is a thing that, like, every new movie, every, you know, the, the Marvel movies, all that, they have to have a new costume, a new <laughs> variation, new thing. And I'm like, whatever. I remember, so I remember one thing that really got me with the finale of Smallville. Okay. Uh, when that happened. And, like, this was my first – I remember this being one of my first experiences of watching a thing and then reading people talking about the thing after, like, immediately after. Like, I would go on IMDb message boards, mm -hmm. um, and I would read, like, predictions of, like, oh, what's going to happen on, you know, How I Met Your Mother, which the funniest thing that happened with uh, How I Met Your Mother on message boards was someone was like, I think the mother's dead. And I was like – they would never do that. That's <laughs> bullshit. Anyway. And that person so, was the co-creator of the show. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm <laughs> um, trying to prepare you guys. We wrote ourselves into a corner. Um, no, so I remember like the first reactions and everything like that. Like everyone going online and talking about it. 
And the, the thing that really pissed me off, and my brother was actually one of these people, was I've never seen an episode of Smallville. I'm going to tune in for the finale. And then I'm going to give my opinions hmm. of what it what it is to me, which is, you know, people were like, he was only in the suit for two seconds. He was <laughs> like, and like, I, if I was a fan, I remember my brother saying, if I was a fan, I'd be disappointed. And I'm like, you're not a fan. Right. You have no clue what this show is about. You didn't watch it for 10 years. Stop. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you giving your opinion on this? Right. When you're not even invested in it. Why if are you I, watching the last episode of a TV show? If I had to equate it to something, I would almost equate it to the same way that they give us the tease. Well, they gave us the tease of, like, uh, Black Canary in Arrow for those yeah. first few seasons. Where it was like, oh, her name's Dinah, but it's her middle name. Yep. Oh, her mom's name is Dinah. Wait a minute. Now her sister has the uh, amazing powers that Black Canary has. So she's Black Canary. Nope, she's dead. Well, no, she's back, but she's White Canary. You know, just like all the hoops they had to jump through. And they're still kind of jumping through now because there's some unrelated Black Canary on the show. And now the original uh, Dinah is is dead. Or Laurel, rather, is dead. And this is like some alternate dimension Laurel who's Uh, on City Council. I (laughs) I don't know. So they announced that Arrow... Is is ending next year? Wow, yeah, that's right. Um, and there's ten episodes, is what they're doing. So I was like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. And then I was like, well, shit, I better catch up on the three seasons of Arrow I'm behind because <laughs> I I haven't seen that show in like two years. Yeah, I kind of jumped. I'm at off. least a year and a half. I'm I'm back on all of them, all of them, at okay. least a season. You know, um, being a wrestling fan, and I swear this isn't going to be a wrestling uh, conversation for long, but no, one of the no, uh, no. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the guest stars on Arrow is uh, Cody Rhodes, who is uh, part of a a wrestling lineage. So his dad is the um, Hall of Famer many times over, Dusty Rhodes, who was you know just this Middle America kind of like overweight guy who. You know, while he was just kind of a schlubby dude, he was like an everyman. So he really worked hard on that persona. Um, Cody, his son, he was, you know, kind of had this, uh, you know, silver spoon sort of who, gimmick. Who does he play on that? He on plays, Arrow? oh my goodness. He's like, it, it's such a forgettable character, too. I'm like, going to Google it because I need to know. I need a visual right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll recognize him right away, of course. But. He was just kind of such an outsider, um, as far as like casting goes. But okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to it. So Cody, um, being the son of a wrestler. I don't this. Oh, okay. I remember him. I see him dressed up with oh Stardust. Samson. Yeah, 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 yeah. His his name on the show is is uh, Derek Samson. So okay. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing him up is because he's a huge nerd. Like he's a comic fan. He's a gamer. Um. What's- and, of course, he's a professional wrestler, too, which is, like, the trifecta of my nerddom world. Right. So um, when he was in WWE, he had this gimmick, Stardust, which you just mentioned, where he basically was a comic book villain. He had his face painted. He was doing this really pretty good, actually, uh, impersonation of Mark Hamill as Joker uh, for his voice at the time. And he was just nutso. So he would come out in these different outfits and everything. And one WrestleMania, he came out as Mr. Sinister uh, from the X-Men. And it was so cool. And he caught the attention of Steve Amell. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, a few phone calls later, they became good friends. And all of a sudden, Steve Amell is showing up on WWE You Raw. keep calling him Steve Amell. And I'm like, I don't think he goes by that. Do you know Stephen Amell? Is <laughs> it? Wait, is this where we announce that he's leaving Arrow to join our podcast? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy oh, to announce. If only. He's going to have a, by the way, he's going to have a podcast within a year of leaving. You know what? He's going to, he's happen. probably going to be. Um, the long-awaited co-host of Michael Rosenbaum. Oh my gosh! No, th- what's going to happen is Anna Faris's network because they picked up <laughs> Rosenbaum. Did they, they? They, yeah. So Rosenbaum, I was listening to his podcast right when it launched, basically almost. Um, and it so it was on for like a year, mm-hmm. and they were doing YouTube videos, and it just was never really picking up. And he was Anna Faris had him on her podcast. And I guess they decided they want to launch a company. So Unqualified is now a network of okay. podcasts. Well, and they're get... getting ready to come out with like Topher Grace and stuff. But anyway, so wow. like Rosenbaum, they relaunched this whole podcast. Neato. All right. I think so Amel's be in there. Give me, give me the floor for a second here, Lex. I, I, I want to send a personal message right now. I'm Anna, bored. Anna Ferris. Thank you. First of all, thank you for listening to our show. I just want to put that out there because I know you have a lot of a lot of commitments that you have in your life. You you are a mom. You are an amazing where you're going with comedic this, okay. actress. And you know, my, my, my colleague here, Lex and I, you know, we're we're burgeoning podcasts with a type of scrappy underdog that would be perfect for your network. So, Anna, if you're looking for this type of show to fill a certain void on your network, please contact us. We're at Lex and Matt all over social media. So yeah, just putting it out there. So next week, hey, maybe we'll have an announcement for you. Maybe not. I don't know. But Anna, I, I just want to say whatever you're doing right now, you yeah. look beautiful today. You're brilliant. You're smart. You're funny. <laughs> and I appreciate you and everything you do. All right, please. Okay. I, I thought you were going to go in a totally different direction with that. I thought you were going to be like, hey, Anna, guess what? You made a good choice leaving that Chris. <laughs> you picked the wrong Chris. Uh, well, she did make a Hit good choice. <laughs> she knew Evans what, is single. She knew what we all were going to discover, you know, eventually. So I'm really, I'm still really conflicted about that. Really? About about um, Pratt? Mm. Because I love Parks and Rec of so course, much. Of course. And, and you know what? I mean, this is something that I, I have no problem with his personal beliefs, but I really don't like that he belongs to that church. Right, right. Now this is, that's a problem I have with a lot of Christianity. Like yeah. it's not, it's not your beliefs. I have no problems with your beliefs. It's what you like, what you guys rally against. What the hell, man? So you know, this is kind of another um, instance in a long line of personal information that we give out on the show from time to time, little nuggets. Oh, no. So I used to be a deacon. At a uh, a small Christian church on the south Wait, side of Chicago. What? Yeah, I. What? <laughs> buckle up. This is gonna be what? fun. So I grew up in the church. Um, I've I've addressed that before. My mom. I um, that. You know, she really pushed. She was really pushing for me to become like a minister and that sort of thing. But I knew that wasn't for okay. me. So um, during during about the time I was uh, first married, um, I was married to a preacher's daughter. And of course, being married to her meant that I had to become part of the church. So like I was all in, like a hundred percent all in. I was like, okay, this is my life now. This is my direction. This is my path. You know, I felt like it was the best decision for me at the time because I had been, you know, 
rudderless and all that stuff. And of course, yeah. I just everyone has those. Yeah, moments. yeah. And you know what? That's fine because it's self-discovery. It's just yeah. the next part gets kind of tricky. So. As I mentioned, I was a deacon. I was teaching Sunday school, and I made a lot of fun of it. You know, I tried to make it as as interesting as possible for the kids and everything. So, it was around the time that the first Incredible Hulk movie came out, or the first Hulk movie from Ang Lee came out. And so, oh, remember when they let Ang Lee make a Hulk movie? <laughs> Guys, what the fuck? No, we uh, we want to forget. Can we about just that. acknowledge for a second that they let Ang Lee make a Hulk movie. That's fucking weird. <laughs> but we're burying the lead here because here's where it gets really cheesy. So, okay. around this time, I'm like, how can I, you know, bring this into Bible study? So, I took the trailer okay. for the Hulk film, and I interspersed like. <laughs> footage of myself as, no, 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 as Bruce no. Banner. <laughs> and of course, you know, I got angry and the whole thing was anger management. You know, that was my lesson. So I got angry and everything at the beginning and all that. And I hulked out and it was a whole thing. But at the end of it, it was like, okay, now this is, that was the goofus. Now here's the gallant. I prayed about it and I was okay. I prayed for peace and the peace washed over me and I didn't go green. And then the world yeah. was destroyed because the Avengers didn't have a Hulk. So everybody kind of got screwed <laughs> in that deal. So <laughs> the reason I bring it up well, is because, well, I wanted to tell that anecdote. But secondly, because, that's you know, funny shit. when you we need to put that on YouTube. Oh, it's long gone. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> find but, it, Internet. Find it. Yes. Internet, I challenge you. If you can find this footage, oh, by all you means. Oh, fucker. You should not have done that. By all means. Go for it. That's a mistake. Um, so, anyway, I mean, the dangerous thing about Christianity, and one reason why I soured to what I was doing at the time, was because of the emphasis on just, like, pestering people into agreeing with what you believe. Instead of having you... a conversation you were, you know, evangelizing. You were trying to save people because you have the answers. When in actuality, you just really have more questions. Right. Everyone does. Right. So I have two questions. One. Yes. Okay. So Kara, our friend Kara on Insta, she was saying, okay, she was talking about, because we, we talked about church and school before. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know, I'm still catching up on the show, um, but I went to a private school K uh, K through 12 and always had chapel on Wednesdays and it was a Lutheran school ah. if that makes a difference. Okay. So here's my question. One, did you have chapel on Wednesdays? This? <laughs> yeah, this was kind of... What was the, what was the uh, denomination? This is kind of what we talked about last week with the whole Lutheran school thing or, you know, maybe the week before. I don't know. Time So your is school was Lutheran as well. My as original high school was Lutheran and then uh, okay. two years in I transferred to a Catholic school. But while I was ah, at gotcha. Luther High School South, which unfortunately has closed down, uh, also home of uh, rapper Common, he graduated from there as well, um, and, and Archie Easter, you know, uh, worse for Wargaming West right here in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we had chapel on Wednesdays. That was the thing. Yeah. Every Wednesday okay. we had chapel. I didn't know it was a Lutheran school thing. I thought it was just our school randomly chose Wednesday. So that tracks. Because the one that I went to was like more Baptist leaning. So I, guys, help us figure this out. We need to figure this out. So when you were the deacon, yes, what was the what was it again? Did you say already the denomination? Oh, the denomination. It was Church of God in Christ, which is usually shortened to Kojic. 
Um, it's it's a kind of an offshoot of like Cujo, Southern, got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an offshoot of um, the Southern Baptist type of vibe. You okay. Know? Uh, a so, lot of so uh, like I'm, I'm guessing it was very like anti-gay. Um, um, you know what? And, okay, we're about to go into the deep end of the. Board it's okay. Here. You're not in it anymore. Well, kinda. I mean, my family is deep into it. So, out of That's respect, okay. you know, a lot of times I don't fucking know them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you come to town, it's gonna be kind of uncomfortable. Now, nobody listens. It's fine. Um, <laughs> nobody listens. No one's listening. Nobody. I mean, oh. people listen, but no one. We like no. None of our family members listen. Who no, wants no, no. to listen to us? They have to deal with us all the time. That's awful. Exactly. Harmful. Exactly. Like, uh, shout out to Kara J though. Thank you for writing and listening. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, let me just get back to it then. So, basically, um, it's a little hypocritical the way that homosexuality is treated. Um, I can only speak for uh, Church of God in Christ because that's what I grew up with and that's what I've seen the most. It's a little bit hypocritical because in the church we have – It's a lot hypocritical. Continue. Yeah. It's, it's what, we, <laughs> what we have is called a minister of music. So, this is the person that – chooses the music that's uh, sang by the choir on Sunday, gets all the arrangements in order, that sort of thing. And they usually, you know, um, just kind of have like a station within the church. A lot of these folks, a lot of these, these, these folks are just like projecting their homosexuality. Except it's not really talked about that way. It's, it, they're more referred to as a confirmed bachelor or, you know, oh, I love the confirmed bachelor. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Or oh, that's just their roommate and their friend, and they're always hanging out it's, because yeah, it's usually bachelor or friend. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because you have these couples who obviously love each other, who obviously want to be together and want to embrace this church wholeheartedly, part and parcel, but they still have to hide. Behind that, yeah. you know, the double entendres and the and the, right. the smoke and mirrors and all that stuff. Because even though they both love the same God, it's communicated to them that that God frowns upon what they're doing. And I think that's one of right. the saddest things. There's been a there's been an evolution the past couple of years. And, and this is so back to the Pratt situation. This extends into. I guess we're going to talk about this. No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, no, no, no. This extends into what just happened with the Methodist Church. So let me explain. So in the past couple of years, it's it's switched over a little bit. There's been a bit of a shift, mm-hmm. not in every church, but in a lot of these churches, where they're now saying what they've said about other things in the past, which is like I'm against the sin, not the sinner. Right. Like. This, you know, you're still welcome at our church. So basically now what Pratt was saying is everyone's welcome at our church, like that, like at the church that I attend. That's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's technically true for a lot of these churches. That does not mean they accept you. That does right. not mean, you know, I literally had someone say to me the other day, like straight to my face, like, uh, I, you know, I'm not exact quoting because it's you know, a conversation that I had, but it was like, well, I still believe in the Bible and I still believe you're going to hell if you're, um, you know, if you're gay, but I, you know, but like, I'm not judging people. I don't think the government should be involved in like marriage and everything like, like all of these things. Like, that's just my personal belief. And I'm like, you just said that to my face. 
but okay. And and I was in in like I like that the evolution of even just a couple of years of going, well, I don't think the government should say who and who shouldn't get married. I'm like, okay, well, that's some progress. But like, it's still, you know, for Pratt to say that, and that's why Ellen, uh, Ellen Page called him out on it. Yeah. And he, he kind of came back with like, everyone's welcome in our church. I've never seen anyone. And I'm like, yeah, they welcome you in. Of course they welcome you in. And then they tell you that you're, you know, like you're saying like that you're not welcome, like as you are. Right. It's not come as you are. It's come become us. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and so what just happened with the Methodist Church, for anyone who doesn't know, and this was a whole thing um, with my family where they were having discussions and everything like that, was uh, they had a conference. And my most of my family is Methodist, um, with the exception of, like, people on my mother's side who are Catholic, like, my dad's side and uh, my brother who switched to Methodist. Like, they're all Methodist. So... And my brother is a Methodist preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel okay saying that because we have different last names. We have different parents. So I'm like, I'm not, you know, blowing up his name or anything like that. Don't go looking for him. He doesn't have my name. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so so he he's in the church. They were discussing the church. My, my grandparents have been heavily involved in the church for a very long time. And what just happened was it, it, the Methodist church has always been pretty progressive about things. Um Women are heavily involved in, you know, the church itself, in doing things. Like, there's United Methodist Women. Um, they're, they've always been very progressive on race, as far as I know, of having a lot of pastors who are black. Um, and more equality on that front. So, like, I've always grown up hearing, like, Methodists are progressive, more progressive and so they had this conference and it was basically the decision of should we allow gay marriage and gay pastors Hmm. Uh, lgbt using the entire umbrella i said gay but you you understand i mean lgbt i mean that's Um, that's even a start just for them just to even acknowledge gay yes yes so so currently um you you know obviously you're all are welcome in the church that that thing that's that's their current stance yeah um but they were they were asking okay do we want to allow gay marriage do we want to there another thing that was floating around was do we want every pastor to be able to decide if they want to perform marriages like leave it up to them kind of small government sort of mentality to it um and so they had a schism in the church there are a lot of LGBT um, people and advocates uh, and allies who were saying, uh, we do this or we're leaving. We're leaving United Methodist. Yeah. And then you had a whole other section, which there are people, it's not just in Africa, but the Methodist movement is huge in Africa and continues to grow. It's like the fastest growing in that area or something along those lines from what my grandparents told me. Hmm. Um and so they said, you do this, we're gone. If you allow gay marriage, if you allow gay people to be pastors, we're gone. We're done wow. with wow. you. Okay. So they had, they had, they were trapped, basically. They said, you know, we, one way or another, they're going to lose people. This is a schism within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, my grandparents and 
my dad, they were like, oh, I think it'd be crazy if they didn't do it. Like, at this point, why wouldn't they? And I was like, I was just sitting back going, no, they're not going to allow this. They're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to allow it. And, of course, they had the conference and no, no more gay marriage, like, or no gay marriage, uh, no gay LGBT pastors, none of that. They're not going to allow any of it. They're holding their stance that this is something the church is against. And they, they just turned their back on that entire progressive imagery that they had, that, that more equal footing type of Christianity that was, um, you know, I'm not saying it was perfect, uh, but I think they made, I think they made a lot of good, like, I think they, they did a lot of good from what I've gathered. And now it's just, you know, okay, well, that's gone. And I, I already saw one church in our er, in my area here. I think it's in St. Pete, mm-hmm. which is just right on the other side of the bay. So you have Tampa, Tampa Bay, and you and then you have the other side of the bay, St. Pete. And they, I think they've already left. Like they've already been like, "Yep, we're done with you. We're on our own." Uh, and they announced something along those lines. And other churches are now discussing, like, "Okay, we're gonna are we gonna leave? What are we doing?" So. They're in a they're in a uh, shit situation right now, where if they're not doing that, they're basically going leaving. I mean, they're they're doing the thing that we were just talking about, which is you can come here, we want you to come here, but we're you do not talk about this. Um, we do not approve of your sinful life, hmm. and. That's it. Like, that's how it stands, basically. Or we do, we kind of accept it, but we don't really. Like, I I just, it's such a, it's such a difficult thing. And, and I really, I actually, so when you were telling me, like, when I was asking you, what was the stance when you were in that church? It wasn't really about you personally. Mm -hmm. It was more of my curiosity of what is this church like? Because I'm I'm always curious, and the answer 99% of the time is either not allowed, or it's not talked about. You're yeah. allowed, but we we don't discuss that. And I just I I can't, I can't believe it. You know, I was I was telling my grandparents, and I and I you know, I understand people coming with different historical things here, but I was like, you know, what if they said, okay, this this pastor goes, I don't want to marry. Um, a black man and a white woman or a white woman, black man, whatever. Like, you know, if they say I I won't do that and we as a church have decided we're not going to allow that, that would be awful. You would never like, like you would never. And I understand historically that's been a thing. Like what I'm saying is if they did it right now today, you would go, no, that's ridiculous. Why are you not reacting the same way with this? It's just, it's insane. Like it's 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 completely disappointing and upsetting. Um, At best, it's confusing because you go to a place that talks about love and acceptance. You go yeah. to a place that's about family and togetherness, and it's not really giving you that a hundred percent. Yeah, I've come to the conclusion that that's a lie. Yeah. Um, and that is not to say that I'm not religious or spiritual um i don't know if i discussed it on this podcast but you know um judaism is my jam like <laughs> oh that's that's a that's a mug right there i want that on a mug someone, <laughs> someone made me that design you Please, know it's judaism gotta exist already. <laughs> yeah i want that shit right uh-huh. now 
Um, no, um, I, I've found that, um, Judaism clicks with me very yeah. well. Yeah. And so that's my path, at least right now. Like that's, that's what I like. That's what I'm studying. That's what I'm into. That gives me my, my faith and my spirituality without dealing with a lot of, you know, and you can get into orthodox and get into like, ex- there's extremism and everything, mm-hmm. but for the most part, like reform, I, I'm, I'm super into it. Um, <laughs> Christianity is uh, um, something that I used to subscribe to and now find a little bit uh, it can be kind of batshit and it can be very good too like it, it can go either way and that's something I wanted to kind of circle back to a little bit too because you know for, for everything for, for being ostracized in a lot of different ways um, from church environments my in, in my life I also have to give special recognition to some of the folks um, in these churches that helped me out, helped out oh my, my family. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because there was a time when, you know, we were um, basically just, I mean, putting it flatly poor. Uh, yeah. It was my mother, my brother, and I. And uh, not to be confused with the podcast. Um, <laughs> Is that a real podcast? <laughs> it's, it's, I if think it's not, my brother, so my brother and me, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was us three, and at the time, um, we were pretty much just ostracized from the rest of our, our our actual like related family. So much so that you know we were struggling to eat, we were struggling to keep a roof over our heads. We had people. Um, within the church we were attending freedom temple uh at the time that would come by with just like groceries come by to check on my mom come by to check on us um you know make sure that we had clothes that sort of thing because you know they could they could look at us and see like we're not just trying to take advantage of a system here and mom was working but you know with two kids and and having to you know pay crazy amounts of rent and keeping me in yeah. school and everything, keeping my brother and I in school, actually. Um, it got tight. It got real tight. Yeah. There were times where basically I was just eating a peanut butter sandwich, like three meals a day. Yeah. But some of these older folks in the church took it upon themselves to go out of their way to make sure that we were squared away. And I sincerely appreciate that. Um, so the love was there. Yeah, I- it's, it's just they're that, good people. Yeah, like, it's just that's that, the that part, hate. That's the part that gets me at the end of the day is that I still like I believe you're good people. Like yeah. I like I, I look at you know family members, friends, whatever. I, I look at you. I'm like I'm like you're a good person. Mm-hmm. And the thing that hurts me is that you don't see that I'm a good person. Yeah. You see a sin, and that's it. Right. You see a flaw. And because that is it's what just, you consider a flaw, which I do not consider a flaw. It's been drilled into um, their heads so much over yeah. generations and over the years of living. And that people agree with each other. And you know, this is the problem. You know, we're <laughs> And that's used as an excuse a lot to me. And that yeah. really bothers me. Like you shouldn't expect progress because look at how it's been for generation after generation. Like, oh, and which, I'm not what? using it as an excuse at all. I'm oh, saying no, no, this no, no, is, no, no. I'm just saying is, other people do that. Right, but this is just something that need not just obviously, but it's something that needs to be broken. It's something that has to be unlearned, and it involves being uncomfortable, having conversations yeah. like this, having conversations and being around people that you're not really comfortable with. 
you, you got to step out of your, your bubble sometimes. Yeah. The absolute and best things in life come when you do that. Exactly. When you, when you step out and you're like, ah, oh, I never thought of it that like, and, and you know, it's just, it's weird how it does, it does make you go, even if you don't really believe it, there's something in the back of your mind that goes, yeah. A good example is, um, uh, I've talked to my friend Allie about this, that, that, you know, I'll see a book mm-hmm. on the shelf and it'll be about atheism or maybe it's something like slightly satanic or something like that. And I'll have this, you know, kind of like old Catholic grandmother thing of like, don't even touch it. And it's not my it's not my grandmother who uh, I was speaking of before. This is the grandmother who's passed, who was, you know, much older. And she had an influence on me because she would babysit me a lot. So she would take me to church and everything like that. I have that old school like, you know, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't do you know, like that. Um I always think of it, oh, God, what was the movie? What was the Johnny Cash movie? Not the parody. Oh, Walk the Line? Walk the Line. Yeah. When it's when it's Jerry Lee Lewis, who, by the way, married his, like, 13-year-old cousin. So yeah. it's like, yeah. when he's like, God didn't say, you know, don't don't eat the apple. He said, don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't think about looking at it. Don't think about looking at it and touch it. And, like, he goes into that, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is that, that southern, like, in his case, Southern Baptist, but like you can get it in anything, you can get it in Catholicism. Like it's just that. So you get that whether you knowingly subscribe to it, mm-hmm. it embeds in you. Yeah, it's in there. So I know that's that's not true. Like I or, or or I know I don't believe that, but it's there. It's in the back of your mind. Like it's it's a really. I don't know what other what word to use other than disgusting thing that 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 just burrows into your brain it's kind of like i mean i i would say it probably has to be like a racism or sexism or one and many of the isms like homophobia all of it it's like it's this thing that something in society you know wherever you got it from whether it be your parents a neighbor right. your church your school whatever it gets in the back of your brain yeah. and then you have to you have to confront it in some way and you know acknowledge what? it that's a really good point because, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, hate doesn't just it's not you're not born with hate. You know, you have to be taught hate. You have yeah. to be taught love sometimes, too. Oh, you have to be 100%. shown love. and You have to give that love back. Like there are people who were just aggressively homophobic their entire lives that had to come to the realization that, you know what, I'm a bigot. And I need to be yeah. better about this because I will lose friends and yeah. I will lose loved ones if I don't evolve, you know, and it's just the right thing yeah. to do to love other people. Just it doesn't have to be like, you know, the signs always say, you know, like, uh, you know, she's somebody's sister. She's somebody's mother and all that's crossed out. And it's goes, she's somebody. These yeah, are these person. are people. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and whatever whatever that personal experience has to be with a certain individual, you know. Folks Is this a bad to time to tell you that we're actually lizard people? <laughs> oh, boy. Is that it? Because, you know, Spider-Man would have me to believe that I'm supposed to be growing limbs and stuff like that. Yeah. If I'm yeah. a lizard person. And, yeah. you know, that time that I almost got my arm cut off, I didn't feel like I was going to grow back. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's weird. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, and it's funny because we're talking about all these things. We don't have the answers. Like, like, you know, reading all this stuff, I'm like, I, I have no fucking clue how to solve this. I have no clue how to fix, you know, institutional sexism, institutional racism, institutional homophobia, Islamophobia, you know, all of these things, uh, anti, anti-Semitism. I, I don't. I don't know. Like no one does. We and anyone anyone who claims they have a solution for this stuff, be weary of that person because they're probably pretty stupid. Because it's not <laughs> any like this is this is what's killing me with the um this like you know right now you know they're like this is anti-Semitism this is, and they're talking about Israel and Palestine and and like not to get into that but like just the people just the, the people that go this is the solution to these problems I'm like you're so dumb you really think you can solve <laughs> the Middle East really like you're you're you are you that arrogant that you're just going no 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 I got it I got it figured out. <laughs> I can. I've got the solution to this problem. Right. And Let me tell it. you how they can fix this uh, yeah. this border problem. I, you know, hey, maybe they need to give me a call because I've got the solution right yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. What are you? What? <laughs> like you? The arrogance of that person. Like you know. And so it's to me, it's that with anything. Like you know, there are lots of good ideas. It's not to say you should disregard any ideas, but if someone's like, you know. <laughs> I, I once heard a thing that was like, this is how you solve racism, like, which, just, first of all, hilarious. Um, and second of all, is just like, just have a whole generation of kids who are not taught racism. Right. Like, right. Th- like that thing where it's like, it'll die out. I'm like, well, clearly we're seeing right now that it's that's not true. <laughs> it's not just <laughs> ignore it. It's actually look it in the eye and figure it out. Like, deal with it. Don't just ignore it. And that's the problem is that we keep, you know, I think that's what it comes back to when we're talking about church and stuff like that. They keep ignoring it rather than dealing with it. Um, and I don't think there's a, I don't think any good will come of that. Yeah. It's, it's so disappointing too, just to kind of go off in another direction. Like when you, when you know somebody who you respect because they're so loving and so caring and so strong and, you know, everything. And then they just turn around and do something completely out of pocket. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to donate. You got to give time outside of your own comfort zone. You got to make sure that, you know, the homeless are taken care of and everything. But you know what? Those Mexicans need to go back where they belong. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. disappointing. And it just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's important to remember that this is this is the problem when we get into like Internet environment, too, is that there are people that, you know. And and I'm I'm gonna use you as an example, not to say that you were like this, but like just because it's a little bit easier than pulling someone else out. You you know, let's say someone goes, "Hey, you were a part of this church, yeah, so and so years ago. You were a deacon there. Mm-hmm. They're anti-gay. You're anti-gay. Like like they're against. They made a statement against you know maybe Muslims or whatever. Like that, that is. I'm not saying your church that church was anti-gay. Like God bless. It sounds like they were really good people. That's fine. Like, just the point of being like, they, they take something from your past and they they say that you still believe that and then you're, you face a lot of shit for it. And it's not yeah. to say you shouldn't face shit for it. Like, you should own up to it. Like, the Pratt thing. Like, he should own up to it, but he's currently involved with it. Right. And 
the main issue that I have is that I wonder if so the way that Ellen Page dealt with it, I thought was pretty good where she was like, can you answer to this thing? She wasn't saying boycott his movies. She wasn't saying be done with this person. She was saying, let's start a conversation, basically. Yeah. And I think that that's the path for a lot of this stuff, with the exception of a couple of things that were just like, no. <laughs> Why do you have blackface? What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, people? Um, and it's okay, you know, as a, as a human being, if you do not want to engage, if you feel like you don't have the spoons to deal with it, you're perfectly, perfectly allowed and encouraged to not engage because if you go 100%. off half kilter, then you're not going to get the result that you want nine times yeah. out of ten anyway. So that's fine. But if you do feel like, okay, this is something that I feel the need to speak against, that I need to take a stand against, then be ready. Yeah. You know? do you, but do you think that – so talking about all of this, do you think that like our culture – We've, we've created a thing where, like, maybe people who are involved in that atmosphere don't feel like they can get out because they, they feel like, well, I'm already damned. Like, hmm. in the sense of, like, we've gone, we've gone, you know, you're canceled, you're done, you're yeah. so-and-so. Do, do you sure. think, because digging in is a thing, and it, yeah. and it concerns me. Oh, for sure. You double down. It's, um... Yeah. Oh, man, you know what? I was listening to Harmontown, and he had Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything on. Yeah. And they were talking about the whole doubling down aspect of, you know, sticking to your guns, even though you realize that, you know, you've been proven wrong. Yeah. It's like, at that point, it's just kind of like, you know, fight or flight. And you don't want to hear anything anybody else has to say. Um, for instance, you know, you see all these polls coming out lately uh, stating that, even if it's proven that Trump was in bed with the Russians and that the whole election was manipulated, that there's a good percentage of people in this country that do not care because nothing will ever be good enough for them to believe that. They just do that, not care. That and there there are a lot of people that don't want the I told you so. Right, right. Or they don't want to admit that they could have been duped. They don't like, you know, think about in this way, like you, you have a guy call you on the phone. And he's like, you know, I am from this company. You owe this bill. You are a member of that company. Let's say he's, I'm from Bank of America. You owe your house payment. And you go, oh, shit, I forgot to pay my house payment. And you give him your credit card number. And then he takes you for 500 bucks. You're not going to go around being like, yeah, yeah, he took advantage of me. Like, you know, you're not going to go around talking about that because you're ashamed. Most of the no. time you're ashamed of that. No one wants to be duped. And, and like, instead of kind of going like, shit, man, I'm super sorry. Like, that's, that's terrible that that person did that to you because it's not your fault. Like, and that's, this is a little bit different because you did choose this. Like, you saw everything and you chose to continue to go into that den. Like, exactly. You know, you, you kept going in and that's your choice and you have to live with that. And to me, that's the biggest shame there. <laughs> like that's that's the worst thing. Like you have to live with the fact that fear or anger or hatred or whatever it was, whatever little cocktail of shittiness in your life that you like that you were like, you know what? I'm gonna go with this one. Like I'm gonna go with this guy. You you have to deal with that. Right. And that's and you know 
and I'm not saying like automatic forgiveness. No, no, we've got to deal with shit. And yeah, and I mean to go back to long run. Definitely, and to go back to what you were saying earlier, the question that you posed earlier, I I hope that's not the case. That you can't evolve and grow from the mistakes that you make, because you know uh, you, you look at sure, okay, everything that's going on with the church. You can look at this and you can say, these are terrible people that will subscribe to this. These are terrible people that would allow this sort of thing to happen knowingly. But then, you know, the whole world is celebrating Leia Remini breaking away from the Church of Scientology. Exactly. I was just thinking about, I was trying to come up with a better, like, analogy of, like, okay, yes, Scientology. Like, or, or like, something like, like, ISIS. Like, even yeah. going further, where you're like, are we just going to be like, nah, to people who want to leave that and be right. like, no, I saw the world a wrong way. And you're you're going, well, no, you can't see the world a different way. You are forever seeing the world that way. No, you don't. If you're if you're kind and smart and all, all of these things, which most people are, most people do care. Right. Most people do have some intelligence, even though they might not want to sit down and have conversations like these because they just want to go on their lives and not deal with shit. I understand that. Like, it's, e it, you know, it's probably easier. Um, it, but either way, like, like there there is kindness in them, like uh, most of them. I mean, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I just, you know, want to see that in the world. And so that's why I'm like, oh, that's what they are. But like, you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, like, I, I have a hard time understanding this idea of you can't change and grow right. for better or worse. And. and and that's our and our I think our culture right now doesn't recognize it. I mean, we've seen it for years with someone like politicians, sure. where you go, you flip flopping. No, I got new information, <laughs> and then I grew as a person. Right, exactly. And the other side of that coin too is if you have made mistakes, and you realize that mistakes were made, and you're ready to come through and apologize or course correct, you also have to accept the penalties that come with those mistakes that were made. For instance, yeah. you, you brought up ISIS. Yes, definitely. Please leave ISIS. Come back to yeah. reality. Come back to the good side. Yeah. But this was like when I, when I turned time, in my, you... my clan rally outfit. And it yeah. was like, you know, it was really awkward to like, right. Which you is know, why... have to take to the dry cleaners and everything like that. But like... Which is now you're, you're podcasting from a jail cell right now, basically. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Matt. We rule everything now. Oh, we that's know? right. Because. You know, Florida. And the, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but basically. Uh, oh, no. Uh, uh, this joke went uh, too far. Oh, it no. Did. It went way too far. But what I'm getting at is basically that if you killed people in ISIS, you can't just go, oh, hey, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm, I'm, I was wrong. And I want to stop doing that ISIS thing now. No, dude. Yeah, like you're still going to face head. murder charges, but you're hey. You're going to be taken, yeah, you're going to go to trial for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not free of consequence, mm -mm. but you can still, I, I mean, that, that idea of, like, it's never too late. Like, it's never too late to change the course of your life. Like, right. it, it really bothers me, and I hear people talk about this, like, that, you know, it's just, people get in their mind, it's too late for me. Whatever it is, whatever they want to do. Yeah. In life, changing something, doing something that they never did, you know, they just go, it's it's too late. And I'm like, bitch, you're still alive. Like, you're talking to me right now. Yeah. It's yeah. not too late. 
But I tell you what, too, you also have to understand that, yes, time does heal some wounds, but not all wounds. You look at what happened with the whole, uh, with the Me Too movement a couple years back and how it looked like, okay, we're on a path where the uh, entertainment industry will not accept men that do this sort of thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. But Louis C.K., heartfelt apology, sorry, I made mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Came right back. Started trying ah, to do stand-up again. He's still again. facing shit, though. He's getting booed at these shows I mean, he stuff. should be. I mean, that's No, fine. I know. I'm just saying, I don't know if he's been let off the hook. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is the fact that he thinks he's, like, past that now enough to go back and start doing stand-up no. once again. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm just an upcoming comic, you know? I, I have a question yep. based on this Me Too stuff. Have you watched the Michael Jackson documentary? Oh, yep. you know what? I haven't. I haven't either. So, so I, but I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Same. And I know that they, they had it at a festival. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like Sundance, right? Yeah. I, that's, that's what I was trying to remember. It might have been Sundance. Yeah. HBO bought it. Um, but it, apparently it's like two parts and it's like four hours long, over four hours. It's in, it's a lot. Wow. Um, and I don't know if that's four hours for each one or four hours overall or what. I, I mean, I would assume it's four hours overall. But they they screened it there and people were like, because had, they had an intermission. Yeah. And people were outside of the theater apparently just in a daze. Mm-hmm. They couldn't they couldn't comprehend what they had seen and what it, what was going on with it. And from what I've been hearing, I was listening to My Favorite Murder and they were talking like – um, Karen had watched it and, uh, um, she was, wait, no, I'm sorry. It was George of the Lost. Anyway, we're not, we don't know them. <laughs> I was just like, Hey, who watched it? Um, <laughs> these people that I don't know, but I feel like I know because they're in my earbuds. Um, no, but like they, they had, one of them had watched it and had been basically that of like, Oh, this is, I can't deal with this. And I, and I did see the first, like the first like blowback of it is I, there. I think it was Montreal. There's like a radio station that's like we're done playing his music. We're wow. done with Michael Jackson's music, which is a big deal. Like it is a big deal. I mean, I would say it's one thing, you know, to say we're not going to play R. Kelly's music again. Um, not to say that R. Kelly doesn't have an impact, but like Michael Jackson music, right. that's a totally different level. Definitely, because you're you're talking decades-long career. You're talking from Jackson 5 until whatever his last project was. I remember um, years ago having these discussions about the Michael Jackson case and me being like, and look, I've been on the wrong side of stuff, so I'm not going to be like, I was in the, no, no, I was like a doubter of, you know, allegations against Woody Allen and stuff like that. I've since come around on it, so... You know, I'm not I I haven't always been the good like person that's like believe victims like I had to learn that through talking to victims and reading about victims and everything like that. So so like I'm not going to claim that I'm perfect at this, but I remember years ago being like I'm suspicious of the Michael Jackson stuff like Hmm. I, I, I don't know, you know, and and just just the the downpour of shit that I got. When I would say that, um, of being like, I don't know, something's not right there. Like something feels off about this situation. 
and just being like, no, they were after him. Like it yeah. was, it, you know, it was, this is, and it wasn't even like, I would argue that the Michael Jackson stuff has never really been like R. Kelly mm. in the sense of like, there are a lot of people who have gone R. Kelly's shit, but we forgive it. Like that kind of thing. Well, I was going to interject. It's, it's kind of a common thing of, of course, with uh morning radio groups and all that sort of thing to just make light of all of this in a way that helps people just to kind of forget that this is really happening. You have a child predator who is making mainstream music that we've had many child predators who make mainstream music, you know, because they just kind of like joke about it, laugh it off and that sort of thing. The breakfast club is guilty of this all the way down to like Howard Stern. So it, doesn't surprise me that that's how people help to, you know, compartmentalize it just to yeah. get on with their lives. They don't, they don't want to. I don't to... think it was, I, I really think for, yes, I understand like the joking is to deal with yeah, the pain yeah. of it, but I really got a sense of like everyone in the world, and this is of course being young, but like everyone in the world thinks that he's innocent and that this mm. was nothing. And so, and then they were saying, look into the case and look at, and I was like, Okay, like, and then it was just, you know, I'm the wrong one in this situation. Like, I'm the one that's, that's, you know, not seeing this in the right way. Um, well, I mean, that's how it was with the R. Kelly thing, too. Like, you know, it keeps coming it? back yeah. to that. Because in Chicago, if you spoke against R. Kelly when he was at the height of his career, you know, if you told people like, oh, yeah, I don't like R. Kelly. Like, I mean, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything like that. It's just for years, for years, I couldn't Every, stand for, this motherfucker. How long I've known you, you've pretty much always been that person, though. But I like, mean, even even going back to, like, Space Jam, all the way back to, like, because he did a song on one of the Batman, uh, from the original movie run, he did, like, Gotham City or something like that. Okay. And I just hated, hated hearing his voice ever since the whole thing with Aaliyah came out. Mm-hmm. People would joke about that. Like I said, the the, the morning radio DJs on 107.5 uh, WGCI would just be like, oh, well, you know, he's just doing his thing. And, you well, know, shit, man, they're not going to sponsor us now. Right. Well, <laughs> they can suck a bag of clementines. But, yeah, they basically, yeah. you know, would just give him a pass on everything because he's, you know, he's a good musician. And so what I'm getting at here, I feel like that was – you know, tenfold with Michael See, I Jackson. never had that. I never had that perspective on the R, particularly the R. Kelly situation. Yeah. For me, it was always kind of like R. Kelly's bad. Like yeah. he did something bad. I don't know if that's an age gap thing or what, but you it know, it probably is because yeah, I mean, you were you were pretty young when he was at the height of his music career when he was doing all that. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, he had like I believe I could fly and all that right, goes out like those right. big hits, and then when I was still a kid he went to that trial for the underage girl right so he was he was already on the decline at that point but you know it's just weird that even with all that people just put him out of sight out of mind same thing with michael jackson same thing with you know you go all the way back to chuck berry and it's it's the wait the americana should i ask no what happened with chuck berry oh chuck berry Oh no! Oh, we what gotta, happened okay. with Chuck Berry? Okay. What right. do I want to know? You got to oh. because I brought it up now. So. Oh man, are we me tooing Chuck Berry? 
Oh. He should have been Me Too a long time ago. Oh, no. But no, it's, no, no, it's, no. it's like, uh, what's his name? The Great Balls of Fire guy that you brought up, Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry it's, Lewis. It's, it's along those same lines. He had a thing for young girls. Uh. And he would seduce young girls and basically have his way with them and just, yeah. Not not a good gross, not a good dude. Gross, gross, gross. Not a good dude. Ugh. So, yeah. All right. Well, you learn something new every day, and that's that men are terrible, and we learn that every day now. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's sad too. Like, I mean, him and and Michael Jackson had such an impact on Americana. Yeah, I think that Michael Jackson, the thing, too, with him is now he's dead. So that adds another layer onto it of like, because there's such that there's that thing where, like, don't speak ill of the dead. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't you just let it go? He's dead or whatever. Like, no, because the victims are still alive. Like, they're still here. Right. And they're still dealing with it and their families are still dealing with it and everything. So, I mean. I guess I should say alleged victims. I don't know, but I don't. I. I. I so I want to watch this documentary. Um. I also don't want to watch it because I know it's like it's kids and it's going to be really difficult to watch. I mean, if you already know, and here's you know, it's it's like the whole trigger warning thing. If you know what it's going to be about, you have that information. You know how you feel about it already. Maybe you don't need to see it. I mean, at that point, it's just kind of a spectacle. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I Mm -hmm. don't know how I feel about it because I've had those years of what I was just talking about where it's like people going, no, it's not true. Right. And it feels like right now those are the questions being asked. Like, is this true? Like, is this this reality? Is, you know, so I feel like it's culturally everyone coming to terms with it. And I almost feel like I should watch it to be a part of the cultural journey to to this point. Let me put it in perspective for you. So not even 10 years ago, Michael Jackson's This Is It came out, which was his comeback show at uh, like the O2 Arena. It was out on DVD. Everybody who was a Michael Jackson fan, even peripherally, was so into this. Oh, yeah. I was in high school. It was the worst. To make it even more recent, like the uh, Cirque du Soleil in Vegas is still performing the Michael Jackson uh, tribute show. Yeah. At the Mandalay Bay Hotel. So, I mean, yeah, there's still people who, who are celebrating this dude. You know, like it's like he's just totally clean. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like also so many years of celebrity journalism type type of stuff has made me go like, I, what am I supposed to believe here? Yeah. I mean, yeah. also, let's, let's, <laughs> let's just, let's just talk about this for a second. You're telling me no matter what, like across the board, where you stand on this, like, whether you believe did it, didn't do it, what, this and that. You're telling me that a dude that dangles a baby out of a window is sane? Like, you're trying right. to tell me that, that little, those little baby, little baby legs hanging off of a ledge, like that that wasn't, 
like absolutely nuts that you didn't lose your shit watching that video? Listen, there's a lot that this country is able to turn a blind eye to. For instance, a man basically on a tour bus saying, grab him by the pussy, is now our president. This same man just two days ago, (laughs) this same man two days ago had a conversation with Tim Cook of Apple and referred to him as Tim Apple. Yeah, Tim Apple. Yeah. Is that Johnny Appleseed's cousin? (laughs) He's the son of Apple founder Steve Apple. Oh, is that what he thought? No. I didn't watch the video. (laughs) You know what the sad – you know what the fucking sad part is? Is I thought that that was true. You could have said, yeah, that's what he thought, and I would have been like, yep, shit, that checks out. What year is it? Okay, yeah, that checks out. Nothing is unfathomable. That's just it. The bar is so that's, low. Nothing that's is unfathomable. That's the part unfathomable. that scares me because right. I'm like, yeah, sure, that checks out. You could be like, hey, you know what happened? Um, uh, Trump rehired Sean Spicer and he brought him into the White House and he lit firecrackers in his asshole. Like, yeah. did you hear about that? And I'd be like, you know what, man? That that fucking sounds about right. That, that sounds about right. Yeah. That <laughs> that's tracks. our president. That's our guy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, no. did we just if, lose the MAGA crowd? I, <laughs> we wanted to lose them from jump. It's amazing the, they listened the this scary, long. The scary, the scary black man and the little gay Jew, like, just lost, <laughs> just lost our key demo there. Jesus. Oh, no. Are they going to talk about us on Reddit and 4chan? And yeah, no, let's not invite that thunder down. Anyway. Yeah, you are challenging the Internet tonight, brother. I'll get fucked about the Internet. Let me tell you. Look, 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 look. <laughs> Let I'm me tell you what. I don't give a fuck about y'all. I'm going to tell you something I've been telling people lately. I told you. I told Jonesy. Fuck them. That's it. 2019. Catch right. Fuck them. 2019. Fuck them. There you go. This episode has been brought to you by Third Coast Comics. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) No, but man, you know. I, I really was enjoying our talk about comics at the beginning of the episode, and somehow we got all the way around the block. I don't know how this happened, but here we are. <laughs> I think it's safe to say it's my fault. Yeah, you know. Uh, somehow. <laughs> I'm not apologizing. No, please don't. No, I just was, said it is... was my... I acknowledge it. I will never <laughs> apologize for it. This is why people tune in. Hey, are you aware that you signed up to make a podcast with a person with ADHD? Well, bitch, you'd know now. Like <laughs> <laughs> The fact that you didn't change the subject mid-sentence, that's progress right there. Yep. There you go. <laughs> that's that's how I, I've read so many complaints about this. People being like, you changed the subject. Like all, I can't keep track of the conversations I had with you. I'm like, yeah, welcome to my brain. You're just visiting. I have to deal with me all the time. <laughs> it's the worst. I, I disagree with it being the worst. I'm thoroughly entertained. So yeah. I hope everybody else oh, is Oh, no, as well. it's super entertaining from the outside. The oh, inside, yeah. it's just chaos. Everyone's screaming. <laughs> Everything's on fire. I can't fix it. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's refocus for a moment with this other note that you have in our in our in our keep list here. Uh, another comment from a listener, I believe. Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that was the cue for me to read it. Yes. Because okay. <laughs> okay. you know more. Th- you know the context of this. I don't. I do know the context of it, and it would make sense for me to read it. That does not okay. mean I I know what I'm doing. Um, 
<laughs> in any way, in any point of life. Okay, so I talked to, I think this was the last episode. Okay. Um, I, yes, it was, because we were talking about the Oscars. And, mm. you know, we were talking about, uh, what was it that Lady Gaga, oh, her tan. Yeah. How Lady Gaga had the tan. Mm. And then it was like, don't cut your bangs. Right, right. You get a breakup. Don't cut your bangs because your that's bangs. that's just so I posted on our Facebook page, Lexa Matt's Excellent Adventure. Um, this this person that I follow, Glennon Doyle, you know, I just like her ideas and stuff like that. Um, she posted this thing. It was a long post. And that wasn't the point of it, though. I, the point of it that I shared was the meme that was basically like, no matter what you're going through in life right now, don't cut your bangs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I just talked about this. So I posted it on our page and um, uh, Jacqueline, um, I'm not going to read last name because I don't know if someone wants their last name read, but she commented, she was like, what if one doesn't have bangs? I haven't had them since high school and I don't want them again, which is what she meant was like, you know, like, well, because it, it does sound weird. It sounds like don't cut your bangs. And that makes it sound like, you know, what you're trying to say is don't get bangs, like don't <laughs> get them in the first place. And so, like, my response to that is, okay, you're living your life right. You're not going to get bangs again. Okay? Good choice. Good job. Um, <laughs> don't. So, so the, the moral of the story is, if you do not have bangs, yes. do not cut them. <laughs> if you have bangs and you're like, I think I should cut my bangs again because, like, I'm going to like it this time. Uh-huh. And you've been growing them out and it's super frustrating to grow them out. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Keep growing them out because, look, it's a mistake and you need to learn from it and you need to move forward. <laughs> we just talked about change and growth and you, you can do it. I believe mm. in you, friends. So that's, <laughs> that's what right. that meant. That's right. I mean, I mean, don't actually get bangs. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to transition because this is a good transition. Speaking of bangs. Yes. Have you seen this show? Do you have Hulu anymore? My Hulu's gone. Hulu's okay. long gone. Okay, I'm gonna get you on Hulu. Okay. So, um, so there's this show on Hulu, and it's a Hulu original, and I've watched like three episodes of it, and it's called Pen Fifteen. Hmm. But it's well, it's it's penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did see an advertisement for this. Yes, I know yes. exactly what you're talking it's about. These two, these two girls. They're now women, obviously, but they're they're playing themselves as thirteen year old girls. So it's two grown women, twenty somethings, thirty somethings. Um, I I don't know their exact ages. Um, they're playing themselves in early two thousands mm. as thirteen year olds, and the entire cast around them of their peers, so the guys that they like, the girls that they're fighting with, the you know their best friends, whatever, are thirteen year old kids actors so they're these grown ass women playing themselves as they were when they're they were 13 and there's yes so it's kind of like wet hot american summer in that way yes but i think was wet hot american summer were their castmates around them the right age or were they older no no just just older people playing like incredibly yeah. noticeably younger characters yes so yes. it's that it's that exact thing but what they did was all of the other cast members are kids actual 13 <laughs> year old kids so it looks and feels even more awkward and weird which is perfect because they're playing 13 year olds and 
this fucking show, oh my god, I've only watched a couple episodes of it. The premise, the 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 writing, all of the all of the nostalgia feels that you get from it while simultaneously going, this is the worst fucking time in everyone's life and someone is acknowledging it on screen. <laughs> Thank God. There's an entire episode and I think this might even be the second episode of the show, which is insane, where one of the girls discovers masturbating. No. And is just... Well, first of all, female masturbation is not a thing covered on shows. And it is just hilarious. I was dying laughing. It is so funny. It is so... Like, I mean, it, it feels so real, too. Like, just unbelievably good. I I really do need you to watch this show. So you're okay. going to you're going to get some 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 Hulu access. <laughs> my cool. cool. Cool, um, cool, cool. And then we can but, talk but, about like, it on a on a future episode. No, 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 no. So I just want to talk about the show because I'm like, "Oh my god, people need to be <laughs> watching cuz I also want them to get more seasons. Like I want ah. it to be I, I want it to keep going. Like I, even though I've only seen like three, you know, like two or three episodes, whatever, I'm already sold on the show. I'm like, this is weird and hilarious. And it deals with like being a girl. And like, I just, you know, it's, it's so good. I love it. Just the stupid, stupid things. Like, like you remember when you, when, when someone smoked for the first time around you, like a peer had a cigarette and it was like, Oh my God god they have a cigarette and now you don't even think about things like that you don't right. you just go through your life someone is you know you you know i walk on the campus at school and like you know right before you like in the car that someone is smoking a cigarette you don't think about that like you don't think twice but there was a time in your life where that was the most controversial thing of the week and that was all everyone would whisper about and talk about, like, oh, my God, so-and-so <laughs> smoked a cigarette. Or they snuck a beer. Like, can you believe they got beer? And, like, and most of it wasn't even true either. Like, it was just, like, someone <laughs> made it up. But it's right. that. It's that feeling of being so young and so dumb and awkward and weird and funny yeah it's just there's there's something really special about it and i'm just like i i'm like guys if you have hulu which you should because hulu is amazing yes sponsor us um (laughs) i mean yes yes it is yes Uh, (laughs) you and i can can fight about this all day long hulu's awesome I don't I don't understand why why people don't get into Hulu. It's it has current shows and past shows. Like it has all of the things. I'm watching 30 Rock and This Is Us every week. I'm watching all the things. Um but yeah, like if you have Hulu, you should be watching this show. It's okay. hilarious. I'm going to make So that. that's cool. Now, I got to tell you, I finally took your advice about a show that you've been asking me to watch for quite some time. Yes, which you. was uh Shit's Creek. And yes. that show, that's a good show. That's really, that's really good, man. Like, so now you get the context. And I feel like I might have told you this before, but my dad, his his favorite thing now, because I watched the show with my dad, 
is yes. to go, Alexis. From to a me. different like, room. <laughs> he's calling me. He's like, Alexis, I need your help. Like he will, he will, he will do a full on Moira Rose impression Man. when he's saying my name because my full name is Alexis, and so my family, <laughs> like everyone, I, I was like, oh wait, no, people don't know that. So like, Lex is a nickname that I got like right out of high school when I made friends in comic book shops and everything like that. Um, but so my friends all call me Lex, but my my family all calls me Alexis. So so my dad, you know, he he never calls me Lex. The only time he uses the word the, the term Lex is if he's at, this is the funny thing. If he goes to a restaurant mm. and you have to give your name, his name's Mike. So he gives the name Lex because it's unique. No one else ever has that name, and he know he always knows if the name Lex is called, it's his. So he doesn't have to worry about like <laughs> Starbucks and it's like, Mike, is it this? And he can't say he can't say first name, last initial because then it's Michael. Because it's uh-huh. Luke's. So so like he can't you can't win either way. So he's like, oh, I'll just give him Lex. Like he just he just gives them my name, my nickname. So so yeah, he loves saying Alexis. And I want I I want to just try David. Like I just, every every syllable, I'm so happy that you're watching the show. Oh my yeah. god, it's a great show. And he's watching it really it too. Is. Yeah, she is. She's the one that's like making us continue because like she just wants to keep watching it. And I mean, it's dope. Don't get me wrong. I love it's watching. It's such it too. a bingeable show. It's like a it's- bingeable show, but like I'll get distracted with you know projects and that silly sort of stuff and she'd be like no watch another episode with me so yeah totally you and your goddamn Hufflepuff ways I know but I gotta tell you man being a Slytherin like this should work out (laughs) whatever the real MVP like Eugene Levy has been one of my my favorites ever since like the SCTV days yeah um like SCTV was a great sketch comedy uh show I saw it on Nick at Night I guess it used to come on like NBC when it was first run but it was like it was a crash course in Canadian sketch comedy. And it just like that Canadian sketch comedy is good. It's gold. Oh like it's got such like heart to it. It's amazing. Like even if they're all doing despicable things or being sarcastic, mm-hmm. there's still like this earnestness and this heart that you don't find anywhere else. And all of that is present in Shit's Creek. And it's cool yes. because Eugene Levy is the lead and his son. On the show, David is also his son in real life, Daniel Levy. So mm-hmm. that's cool. That's so cool to see. I know. I love that it's a family show, like that they made it together, that they created it together. Right, right. Catherine O'Hara, I mean, she's phenomenal. I don't even think she's been nominated for an Emmy for that show. Really? And it's sickening. Like, she should have. She should be winning all of the Emmys, let alone uh-huh. nominate. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it is and a Canadian production. I don't know if that... Then No, that shouldn't affect anything, because they make all kinds of shit up in Vancouver and stuff like that. Yeah, do. I just don't understand that, but she's amazing. Yeah, and she's been a long-time coll- coll- uh, collaborator with Eugene Levy and, you know, the rest of the... Second City. Oh yeah, crew. who's so. the guy that directs those movies that are so weird? But he uses Second City. He was in Spinal Tap. Oh, like Best in Show and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, Christopher yeah. Guest. Yes, yeah, that's Christopher it. Guest. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah. they were in all those movies together. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, wait, am I misremembering that? And it feels like you're. No, Is no, you're totally right. Okay, you're totally okay. right. But it also <laughs> reminded like, me. You were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, because it, my mind for a second went way 
way back to a previous episode when we talked about 1984 Splash starring Tom Hanks and Eugene Levy. Eugene, I, I haven't seen that movie. Eugene Levy was in it? He is all in that movie, and he is a weirdo. And uh, it, that was directed by Ron Howard. But we've already talked about him. that. So let's circle back. No, no, Shades I love Creek. Eugene Levy. That's what I was saying. I love Eugene Levy. Yeah, he's great. He's, yeah. he's great. I've, I've I mean, always been a fan. Let's, like, I don't know if you're going to agree with this. I still love the American Pie movies and him in those movies. He was, he was the sweetest dad. Yeah, he really he was, was. He's he was a very totally underrated movie dad. Like, yeah. Because he was so compassionate and understanding and always wanting to have conversations that were difficult, but like he knew he needed to have them with his son to like raise a good person. Mm-hmm. I, I freaking love him in those movies. He's definitely the best. So, yeah. yeah, like a TV show where he's the dad, uh, you know, sold. Love it. And it's it's kind of cool, too, just going back to the show itself for a second. Just the fact that um, we have a character on the show who is unapologetically pansexual. And it's yeah. depicted in such a way that I personally have never seen on TV before, especially on something that's a comedy. And he's never the butt of the joke. Never. Because of his sexuality. I mean, he's the butt of the joke. Don't get he's, me wrong. He's, <laughs> he's the he's butt a, of the joke for his outfits that he wears, which is a ridi- ridiculous. I'm folding my knits. Like, yes. like when he when he loses his shit because he's folding his knitted clothing, I'm right. like, yeah, no, that checks out. That's that's a per- that is. I feel personally attacked right now, but okay. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I even loved him, um, Eugene Levy, in uh, that movie where Queen Latifah and Steve Martin were hooking up, uh, bringing down the house, yes. Oh, they down were the hooking house. up in that movie? Yes, I they were. That movie enough. It was a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it didn't age well, that. but yeah, <laughs> it was good at No, I need to revisit that one. I don't remember that movie. I was yeah. thinking I was thinking of the one where she thinks she's dying. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one that was. There was a string of Queen Latifah movies that were like hit or miss. Like it was yeah. really good. Like, oh my gosh, you're in Chicago and you're amazing. Or it was like, you're going to a ski resort because you're dying. Like, wait, what? Huh? We, like, we can <laughs> go back even further than that. We can go all the way back to, oh my goodness, now I'm drawing a blank. This is not good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut keep talking. This. Keep talking. It'll come out. out eventually. Okay. Okay. I might even just like leave this blank so people can fill it in. Not tell girls us, trip. Tell us the movie that he gave you zero context of. Yes. <laughs> Win a prize. <laughs> All right. You don't have right. prizes. Get ten percent off your comics. Get ten percent off your comics at Third Coast Comics. If you guess. No, let me let me rephrase that. Get 10% off of graphic novels mentioned on the show at yes. Third Coast yes. Comics. Yeah, see, I can't even get the legal right. Don't listen to me. <laughs> okay, because I gave such a terrible clue, I'm just going to go ahead. Talking about the classic Set It Off, starring Queen Latifah, Vivica Fox, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I said Vivica Fox already, but she deserves a second mention. Uh, Kimberly Elise. This was the first movie I saw where four women were just like, just bad, just doing it for themselves. Directed by F. Gary Gray, legendary director. I'm telling you. This is, this so, is so it's like... it's called Set It Off? It's called Set It Off and it's about four women who are, um, are cleaning crew that get together to uh, pull off a heist. Oh, shit. Yeah. I am 
looking this up right now to add to whatever queue I need to add it to to watch it's, it. Because this sounds crazy. It's good stuff. It's I've good never stuff. seen this. Yep. So F. Gary Gray also directed The Fate of the Furious. Oh, of course, straight out of Compton. And he was. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. How did he yeah. not win Best Director for that movie? Let's I'm just saying. Throw that out there. I'm saying. <laughs> he was great. I mean, he not only was great, he is great. So, yeah, but that but that um, movie in particular, it it's, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't even know. Was he even nominated for that movie? Like, did he even get the recognition that far? Because he should have won. Like, yeah, that 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 movie is a masterpiece. It's so I good. Think, um, yeah, no, he he won some awards for it, but not like an Oscar. Oh, hey, guess what? I'm thinking of a different movie. Uh-oh. That movie was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, his his resume is just amazing. It's immaculate because he got he got Friday, he got set it off as I mentioned. He's done a uh, he he did the Fate of the Furious, which is you know one of the better Fast and the Furious movies. He did okay. um, the Negotiator with with Samuel L. Jackson, which is look. A great I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the movie that I was thinking of. Okay. And look, you can call me racist on this one. I understand. I, I was going to do that. I was anyway. thinking of Boys in the Hood. Okay, yeah. And John racist. Singleton. And so I was racist. like, why didn't he win an Oscar for that movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was nominated. Well, okay, the, I'm sorry, but John Singleton was nominated for writing and directing. He did not win either one, which is stupid. I am not taking anything away from Straight Outta Compton. That was a great movie. That was that was a different thing though. That was about the thing. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this so going to end well for me. This one's going to come back to bite me. <laughs> Someone's going to dig this up when you start your political campaign. Just be ready. Just be ready for it. It's fine. Oh. Oh, I'm already dead in the water. If I want to get politics, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, if AOC. Gets called out for her yes. dancing videos. How oh, long did God. we talk about Pornhub? Seriously? Oh, this yeah, that was. Over. Yeah, yeah. That was a good episode. Like, the majority of people that oh, talk to and me I don't about need the to show. Run, I don't need to be a running mate with AOC. I can be her, her just her supportive wife. Like, can I can stay mate. home and write. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I, that, I am more than willing to do that. <laughs> Baby, you change the world. I will be there for you. Like that's that's my role. <laughs> I am fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to be the running mate. She I'm said just... something last week that just really struck a chord with me. And I mean, she's been she's been doing and saying things nonstop that have just been brilliant. Mm-hmm. But you know, someone tried to call her out for you know riding around in her aunt's minivan. While trying to talk about how we need clean air and how we need to do things to improve our environment. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it's her auntie. It's her tia. Secondly, it's carpooling. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's literally one of the things you should be doing. It's like, one of the things. But yeah. they called her out for that and flying on airplanes and stuff like that. And she's like, look, you can still be part of the world and want to see change in it. Yeah. And I thought that was just the sweetest way of putting it. I thought it was the sweetest way of just basically saying, quit your bullshit. Yeah. And, yeah. You still have to function. Like, she still has to do these things to help exactly. change the world. Like, she's know? not going to tie an arm behind her back so you can get the one up on her. No. Yeah. No. You don't win that easy. Sorry. Nah, son. Fuck them. 
<laughs> nah, son. Fuck him. She's got she's yep. got a comic book coming out too, by the way, from Devil's Due. Um, that's, that's cool. I've seen I've seen the cover of it. It looks really dope. Devil's Due. Do you think that falls under the hero worship thing that you're not a fan of? <laughs> it definitely does, but I got to tell you. The artwork looks pretty sweet, and I'm going to check out this book. <laughs> You're like, I don't believe in hero worship, worshiping our politicians. I believe in holding them accountable because we elected them, and they work for us. But you know what? That artwork looks really dope, so I'm going to buy it. You know what? You know what? I don't hero worship Punisher, but I'll still read a Punisher book every now and then. <laughs> I got how? problems can with I ask, Castle. Can I ask the important question, how? Sure. How do you read Punisher? How did anyone watch Punisher? <laughs> it's just gory. I, I, I man. And I you know liked what? that Punisher movie years ago. Yeah. Speaking of Lex uh, likes terrible movies. The one with John Travolta? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. I will like anything John Travolta is in. I haven't <laughs> seen that Scientology movie, but I'm sure I'll like that, too. Get Shorty? Guess who owned a... I don't I don't know if I've seen that one. Get, okay. But guess who owned a DVD copy of Urban Cowboy? This bitch right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the episode right there. This bitch right here. <laughs> we can't cuss though. We gotta beat it out. Oh, that's right. That's right. We, well, we don't well, want to get. I mean, delisted. we can. Uh, I'm sure we could put a uh, a little little asterisk, but yeah. Sure, sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I have bad taste in movies, so I like that Punisher. I particularly early 2000s Lex. Had yeah. terrible taste in movies. So I liked Punisher. I liked Daredevil. I liked all of those first Marvel movies that were with Fox that you shouldn't like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had some gems in there. You know, we did have those X-Men movies had, at the time. Had the Spider-Man. The Spider-Mans? Yeah. Yeah. That's without X-Men? the dash. That's yeah. without the hyphen. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man. Those were some great movies. That was Sony, but it was still some great. That, that time period, we got Blade. You know, the Blade trilogy, of course. Yeah. Was that Fox or Sony? That was New Line Cinema. New Line. Man, Marvel (laughs) just gave their shit away to everyone. I'm saying. Universal. What was was Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four was Fox. Okay. Universal was Hulk. But they they worked something out. Yeah. So, yeah. They gave Ang Lee a Hulk movie. (laughs) We've got a Hulk. No, you don't. You've got an emo. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know, I really, I, I almost want to revisit that movie. Man, he fought because... a poodle, dude. <laughs> no, we're not going back to Wait, that. What? He fought what? a fucking poodle. What? I don't remember yes. this. He fought a gamma irradiated poodle. I'm not lying to you. Hulk fights poodle. <laughs> and he got his ass whooped, too. That's <laughs> almost worse. I, I, I just Google Hulk fights poodle Ang Lee. Hulk fight poodle. Because <laughs> I need to watch this later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there I, were certain there, things oh about God, that movie. One of, the first, one of the first articles that pops up is, why didn't people like Ang Lee's Hulk? And then, <laughs> and then within the article it says, in which he fights a mutant poodle. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Matt, all of the articles that popped up yes. are people going, why did, what's so bad about this? And people are like, he fights a poodle. <laughs> right. That's just the conversation ender right there. I tell you what, though, oh, there are certain yeah. things that I like about Ang Lee's Hulk. I thought Eric Banner was a good Bruce Banner. I thought he was decent. We got a dual cameo from Stanley and Lou Ferrigno as security guards. That was cool. 
It had oh Sam gosh. Elliott. I blocked out this movie. I'm looking at yeah. pictures. Oh, these are bad. Oh, it had no. Sam Elliott as Thunderbolt Ross. It had, now, now. Wasn't it Nick, really long, too? It like, was super long. Big part of it? it was two hours and change. Nick Nolte, as his dad, was chewing up scenery something fierce. There's a scene where he's chained up to a chair and he throws a tantrum. I'm like, he looks like he's got the DTs. He's just like just going nuts. Jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm two hours <laughs> and 18 minutes. You know what's funny is that in 2003, that's a super long movie. Today, yeah. that's pretty average. Yeah, yeah. Just a, just a couple of years? Like, that is crazy. I I still I, – I, I'm just ama- – I'm like, who? Wow. Daniel Day Kim was, was in this. And that was before <laughs> – and wait, so this was before they gave Batman to Nolan. So, I think you're so right. So they were yeah. like – it was, yeah, because that was 2005 was the first Nolan film. So they were like, let's give these artistic directors superhero franchises. <laughs> and they gave it – and they gave it to and, – and I understand why because they go like, okay – Tim Burton, look at what he did with Batman. Like, clearly, you should give artists superhero movies because they make cool things. Um, but the, the or artistic directors, and then they're like, let's give Ang Lee Hulk, <laughs> and they gave Ang Lee Hulk. And don't get me like, like this makes it sound like I think Ang Lee's a shitty director. I think Ang Lee's a great director. Oh my sure. god, Ang Lee's a great director. I would never give him Hulk. <laughs> like, I, I would give. It's not him a good fit. I would give him, you know, tons of artistic films. Yeah. Not this. And 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 then they were like, after that, in spite of that movie, they still gave Christopher Nolan Batman, which turned out well. They may have been concurrent, you know. And, yeah, Ang Lee. Yeah, they might have been, yeah. Ang Lee bounced back. This is definitely like a valley. Hulk was his valley because he goes from Crouching Tiger. Well, he won. He won the Oscar two years later. That's what I'm saying. He went from yeah. Crouching Tiger to Hulk to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So this is like a huge dip. This is like a huge, yeah. basically in his career. <laughs> I wonder if there's a cut of that movie that's good. You ever wonder about that with movies that mm. that like there should be something good here? You know what? Sometimes, but then I just bounce back to well, you know, I never want to see that shit again, no, and I don't not, wonder okay. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know you think that this is me trying to get you to watch the Hulk and then recut a new <laughs> cut of the Hulk. Uh, like I did with the Sunday school class. Yeah, yeah but I'm not <laughs> doing that. I'm just saying that I wonder if there was a version of this movie. Like, I wonder this about a lot of these movies where like, God, it could have been really good. Uh-huh. Because like, there's a part of me that goes like, oh, yeah, give Ang Lee like a superhero movie and see what he'll do with it. Huh. Because that could be fascinating. Yeah. But yeah. then, you're, but then you're like, oh no, like, yeah, like <laughs> there, there's a part of you that goes like, yeah, I want to give the guy, the director who made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a freaking superhero movie. Of course I do. I like, mean, if you put it like that, it kind of makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But then you watch it and you're like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. Well, you know, because I think the big thing is he made it like a drama. If I remember, I mean, that was what I remember being. I remember being like really mopey and and like slow. It's been so long since I've seen it, though. Yeah, 
And it was like when next, it first came out on DVD. This year, later this year, Ang Lee has another movie coming out called Gemini Man. I don't think it's a superhero movie. Okay. It stars, it stars Will Smith. Okay. It's, it's from Disney. And apparently it's got Will Smith, Clive Owen, <laughs> our favorite, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's got Benedict Wong in there, too, who played Wong alongside Benedict Cumberbatch in <laughs> Doctor Strange. His name is just so, like, you know, convenient and ironic. Yeah. Like, his name is a clue to what you remember him from, basically. So, so speaking of Will Smith, did you see the thing about how Idris Elba is replacing yeah. Will Smith? <laughs> I did. They're pulling a roadie. What? You know what? I mean, but this time it isn't because the actor went nuts so cuckoo bananas or anything. Why did he do that? He's got a scheduling conflict. He's filming that biopic about the Williams sisters' father at the same time that the the biopic everyone wanted to see. Oh yeah, in the especially in the Me Too era, which is two (laughs) wildly successful tennis players. One who is. I would argue the greatest tennis player of all time. I mean, and who doesn't want to learn about their father? Yeah, what? basically. That's like making a movie about Tiger Woods' dad. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Who doesn't want to see that gem? That <laughs> I want to know what I want to know what Mr. Knowles' life was like when he was training Beyonce to run in high heels. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. What a legend! I want to <laughs> see that. I want to see that legendary performance of nothing because you I mean, weren't a performer. That sentence right there, that's literally everything that I've ever needed to know about him. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's he it. He was, he was in her life. Child. Congratulations. He, he managed her and Destiny's children. And then he moved out the way and let this, her be Beyonce. This, this movie, and I, and I try not to judge movies before they, they are even made. Okay. But... But I'm going to judge the shit out of this movie. <laughs> but I'm going to judge this. Because okay. here's the thing, man. Fuck this movie. They're going to make a movie. They're going to make a movie about wildly successful female athletes. And it's Yo. going to be about they are successful because their father made them successful. That is what it's going to be about. That is going to be the entire story. And people are making their little comments about how Will Smith is too light-skinned to play this part. And I'm yeah. like, but but are you noticing that this is an incredibly tone-deaf movie, particularly in the situation that we're in right now, in the climate that we're in right now? Yeah. No? Yeah? No? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Oh. I mean, that's, that's yeah. The this whole, ends the like whole... seven pounds where he's donating all of his shit. I ain't watching it. No, but you know what? This is another instance of, because he knows he's not going to get a, an award for the superhero film. So he's trying to do his serious movie has so he, he can finally won, get the statue. He won an, no, he's no. won. He's tried. He hasn't. He hasn't won? No, I don't think he's won an Oscar. Will Smith has not won an Oscar. For Ali? Did no. he win? No, I think he was nominated for Ali. but oh, He was definitely nominated. Yeah, but he didn't win. Because it's it's like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is just consistently trying to shake off that stank of his comedic career. <laughs> Aw, poor Jim Carrey. He, yeah, no, it ain't working, homie. Okay, so nominated. <laughs> remember the Majestic? No, of course not. No oh, I remember does. liking the Majestic, but I was a kid, so I don't know. 
What kind of child likes the majestic, by the way? That says a lot about me. That says a lot. I would say that says a lot about the sad, lonely little child that I was. That I was like, God, the majestic is a great movie. I saw that in theaters. What? I was going to say Will Smith, because I went to his wiki page. He's 50 years old. I was going to say he doesn't look 50 50 years old. No, he doesn't. Picture on his Wikipedia page, he looks 50 years old. So, I was that. I was nine years old when the Majestic came out. <laughs> you were a nine-year-old Majestic fan. Okay, I, like, I really like this movie about the Red Scare and a screenwriter. <laughs> this compelling World War II film. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a weird kid, if anyone is a parent out there, and you have a weird kid, and you let them be weird. Thank you. You're wonderful because we we need it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, no. Okay, so when he was nominated for Ali, he lost to Denzel Washington for Training Day. When he was nominated for The Pursuit of Happiness in 2007, he lost to Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland. Oh, I was There's really no hoping way. you were going to say Denzel twice. That would have been awesome. <laughs> what if you what? Oh man, that's a good that's a good story idea right there. No one steal it. Of like you keep going to the Oscars or you keep right. going to the biggest award and you keep losing to the same person. Right, right. Well, I mean, oh. that's every woman that's ever gone up against Glenn Close, basically, right? Glenn Wait, Close has never won an Oscar. Meryl Streep. Oh my goodness. See, I just now I'm I'm the one. I was like, <laughs> I meant Meryl Streep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about Meryl that's weird is that yeah. she's won like four or five, which is the most. Yeah. Um, but she, she's it's the big thing is she's been nominated, like so many times. Oh wait, she's right. only won three. She's only really? won three Oscars. She's been nominated twenty-one times. That's so what actually, it is. her numbers aren't great. She wow. kind of sucks. Like <laughs> statistically, she's not doing that well. But they keep nominating her for everything. So no, I she's look like and she's see. the greatest actress of all time. Please do not misunderstand me. I love Meryl Streep, and I want her to adopt me. Meryl, oh. if you're listening, <laughs> please. Also, Catherine Hepburn actually still holds the record for most uh, most Oscars. Wins? How many? Most most wins four. Four, Just, yeah. Yeah. Meryl oh, Streep needs yeah. two more to beat. Come on, Meryl. You yeah. can do this. You're in your golden years. You're in your queen years where you can just <laughs> put on some wigs and scream at people and that, that'll get you an Oscar. Wow. Catherine Hepburn won an Oscar for Best Actress the year I was born for On Golden Pond. I didn't know that she was still alive when I was born. I was just getting ready to say the same thing. I didn't know she was alive. Lex, I'm old. <laughs> You're old. What year was I that? 1942? 19 diggity three. Um, no, it was 1981. 81? That's not 81. I mean, it's <laughs> the 80s. You know, disco was a thing and she was still in this world. That's incredible to consider. I was born in 1992. Shut up! <laughs> it's like i was born in 1992 yeah (laughs) 
Are you talking to D? I was talking to D because she was like, what did you just, why did you make that weird noise? Yes. Why why did you just scream shut up to Lex? Right. On the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the opposite of what one does. Because she said a fact. She said a fact. (laughs) (laughs) She said a fact that I could realize was with basic math and I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> now I... we gotta talk about something else before I get depressed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you wanna you wanna talk graphic novels? Uh, sure. Let's do that. Okay. What did you read last week? Do you remember? Last week. Oh man. You know, it's a good thing I make a list about this sort of thing because I would never remember this. So I read Woman's World. Woman's World. Which I think was I could be wrong here. I think it started as a um as an online comic type of thing and then they, they yeah. just bound it and um you know put a collection out there and it was funny it was enjoyable but it wasn't like a overarching story it was more of like a funnies type of thing but yeah i liked it cool who was the uh who's the creator oh no don't ask me oh I shouldn't i'm gonna that. google it you 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 name it <laughs> all right so i read last week and i should have remembered this because it's something else i wanted to talk about on the show today but we ain't got enough time so yeah. umbrella academy volume one written I, oh, by how'd Gerard you like it? Way. i really enjoyed it you know here's what i did so the reason I was inspired to read this is, of course, because Netflix has been bombarding my eye holes with advertisements for the yeah. show. And usually that's a bad sign. But I tell you what, the show was good. It had is heart. It, should I it watch it? It was quirky. I think. Oh, dude. You think I'd like it? You have to watch this show. I don't show. know anything about it. This is some. Okay, listen. Also, should I, should I read it first? Is that a thing? Mm, I'm getting to that. Ellen Page is in this show. And this is. Sold. The the second most I've ever been entertained by Ellen Page. First, of course, being Juno because it's it's Juno. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. This is this is good. This okay. is good. Okay. Um. It's weird. So just get ready for that. It's gonna okay. take it a while to actually like rev up, but when okay. it does, it's good. So I saw the show okay. first. We watched every single episode of this first season, and it's like okay, the book has to be. A little bit weirder than this. Oh, man. The stuff that Gerard Way did in this comic book, first of all. Gerard Way? <laughs> of My Chemical Romance? The same. <laughs> um, first of all, like they made certain omissions from the book to the show. And you can totally see why. Because it wouldn't play well on, on a larger stage. Okay. <laughs> like, basically, the uh, the professor in the book... Um, he has like a uh, an Indian sidekick that is completely silent, but it's like you know his left hand is rather his right hand man, you know that sort okay. of thing, and that that don't play well these uh, days. Yeah, so, the, the yeah, Lone no. Ranger doesn't age well. Mm, no, no, no. But it's, this isn't like Native American Indian. But if this they cast like Johnny Indian Depp, uh, well, now no, because then he'd have to do brown face. Mm. Mm, it almost seems like that's a bad idea. One would think. You know, but maybe one or two Native Americans say it's okay, so Disney's cool with it. No, no. Okay. Anyway, back to Umbrella Academy. Uh, <laughs> the book was very entertaining. Okay. Um, Are you going to read art- more of it? That's what I, I'm I curious. I definitely, 
definitely am. I ended up getting the book from uh, Third Coast Comics, of course, but yes. for those of you with a Comixology Unlimited subscription, it's also available there. I don't and know what you're talking about. We only know Third Coast Comics. Third Coast Comics, the place you go to help our show. Please do it. Please. Please. <laughs> that's right. But if you're not in Chicago, then yes, definitely I check know. it out on the Comixology app. Because, uh, I will keep that in it. mind as I do not live in Chicago. And right. Do not go there. <laughs> but it's a very entertaining book. It's fast-paced. Uh, it's, it's crazy out there. The art is akin to Hellboy. Uh, just, it's kind of got that just choppy style mm-hmm. to it, but it's just chock full of, um, you know, action and everything. Does Gerard um, Way do the artwork as well? You know what? He did some of the spec art for it, okay. but no, he didn't do the art for the full book. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find this guy's That's name. Okay. Gabriel, My... Gabriel Ba, I believe his name is. Oh, where yeah. is that the guy who did, um, oh man, I think he did a book that I really liked. Day Trip. Oh. Is he is he the guy that did Day Tripper? Maybe. That book is good, guys. That's that's code that. for I don't know. <laughs> you should read that, buddy. That's a good yeah. one. If you haven't read it yet, oh, add that yeah, to Yeah, actually. List. No, yep. you're hundred percent right. Day Tripper. Same yes. guy. Yes, get that book, Matt. Add that to okay. your list to read. You'll love it. It's Vertigo, very huh? weird, very good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll it, I'll add that to the list. I you might, might cry. Have to, I, oh. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, the, the, author, down. the author of Woman World. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this, and I'm not going to get it right, and I apologize in advance. Aminder da Daliwal. Oh, okay. It's it's difficult to pronounce. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm the worst, but I love the book. I recommend the book. <laughs> I believe you uh, were correct with that pronunciation, and uh, you know we we accept we I graciously accept tips, you. tips, you know, to try yeah, to figure this yeah. sort of thing out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what are you reading now? What's what are you reading this week? So this week I'm reading um, a book that is so far entertaining. <laughs> oh, you know what? We went mainstream this week, both of us, we man. Did, like man. I saw your pick already, so I know. So I went with um a collection um with Thanos wins from Marvel. Okay. Now this is uh, a story kinda like uh you know kinda like old man Logan where it kinda okay. flashes forward a little bit and tells like a story about what would happen if Thanos actually won. And got everything he wanted and, you know. Okay. Yeah, that whole thing. So they were coming out, as, as Marvel often does, when movies come out about certain characters, they just go ham with certain books where they, they will do. just publish as many books as they can about a certain character. I remember when the Deadpool movie was announced, like two months later Marvel came out, it seemed like, with three different ongoing Deadpool titles. One of which was like Deadpool Classics Illustrated, where he was like in old stories and revisiting them and retelling them just all kind of cash-ins but i understand they want to have something that you can hand to a casual fan and say oh you like the movie here check this out yeah so thanos one was a natural fit uh you know it was uh i believe donny cates is the author's name Mm -hmm. yeah so donny cates wrote it um he is currently writing the venom book He's very outspoken on Twitter, but in a good way. Uh, <laughs> in fact, <laughs> I think I, I passive aggressively gave somebody a digital copy of his run on Venom 
because somebody wouldn't shut up about, like, oh, you know, this Donny Cates is such a progressive. Nobody buy Venom. I'm like, screw you. I'm buying two copies, and I'm going to give one to the next person that responds to this tweet. And I did it. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> it was fun. It was. Spiteful. It was. His, his run on Venom's good, too. Um, but, yeah, Thanos Wins is an entertaining read, and the artwork is gorgeous so far. So definitely give that a look. Yeah, I haven't read any of mine yet. Okay. Because I'm in midterms week, and it yeah. is hell, and it is bad. So, <laughs> oh, oh, I failed a paper. I got to redo it, oh, but man. I got I failed. But yeah, no. Uh, so it's been bad. Also, there was flooding in my house, and and uh, it have to contact insurance companies, and a room is like. Come like the guest bedroom, which my grandparents are staying in, is like completely fucked up. <laughs> so oh, it's been yeah, it's been fun. Uh, it's been a good one. So I <laughs> I picked Amazing Spider-Man, um, Dan Slot on Dan Slot's run, Spider Verse. Yes, I have. I haven't read it. I haven't read really much of any Dan Slot Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I read Spider Island, and that was about it so i i wanted to <laughs> so what did you I wanted, think of spider island i didn't curious. like it back when i read it but like okay. I, I might change my mind now because i'm not as much of an asshole <laughs> or i am in different ways um i'm not as like stuck up about things especially like things that i read i'm like oh i enjoyed that like i enjoy more things you know if you're a jerk you don't enjoy things that's what i've learned <laughs> in life there you go i mean yeah basically like you go into it with a bad mentality you're never going to enjoy anything um so I haven't read it, but I, I wanted to give Slot, Dan Slot another shot, his Spider-Man run another shot. So I went on, because I'm doing digital for a lot of my stuff, because I'm Poe. Um, and, <laughs> and so I, I'm using my library card, utilizing that. And so I went on Hoopla, and I went through his his whole author page and found this. I was like, ooh, Spider-Verse. Like, yeah, let's let's see this. Let's see this this crossover um, so yeah, that's what I've got. And I'm going to read it. I have one more, one more midterm and then it's going to be like a reward thing for me. Very cool. That Very and cool. reading Lord of the Rings, which I'm reading for the first time in my life. Wow. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Another thing I was a jerk about that. I'm like, these stupid <laughs> hobbits and this ring and this is boring. It's not. And now I'm like, Oh, you know what? This is actually very good and pleasant and very well Did written. You, have you gotten to Tom Bombadil yet? No. I'm in fellowship and I'm and I'm like a hundred pages in. So Okay. Okay. Tell me when you get to Tom Bombadil. I want to know how you feel. So um we have a a special announcement to make. A special announcement that they already know about as of downloading yeah. this because it's going to be announced simul simultaneously. A simulcast, yes. 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 <laughs> what is our announcement, that, Matt? That's right, Alexis. It's uh, we have artwork for our podcast now to differentiate us we from do. the, you know, no disrespect intended, the fifty other podcasts that have the same text generator that we use to make our logo. Guys, um, it was ridiculous. Matt and I were like, we <laughs> need a lo a new logo asap like because first of all we want to bring you all that sweet sweet merch and that's coming down the line we're oh, working yes. on that we're working on 
uh, ways for you to, to help our podcast and keep us going. And we're, you know, we're always going to be free. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is always going to be free to you, but you know, we're, we do want to make something here. So yeah, we were like, okay, we need to get a design. Uh, it is not the same fucking design. Every, <laughs> we kept seeing it everywhere. We weren't right. looking for it. We weren't looking for it. We posted it. It's on our Instagram right now. You can go look at it. Um, you know, it's on Twitter and Facebook as well. Whatever social media you use, you can go look at this. Guys, we kept finding it. We it kept finding never. it. Podcasts before ours, podcasts after ours. Yeah, you know? it wasn't even like, oh my god, all these other people. No, 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 no. It's not like anyone took this. It's just we're all using it. Like we're yeah. all using this text generator. We're not saying we're tastemakers by any means whatsoever. So uh, we want to give special. Uh, you know, we want to give a special shout out to the amazing artist Jen Gizi, who you can find on um, Instagram under Miss Jen underscore illustration. Uh, you yeah. can just search for her name. Her last yeah, name is spelled G E A S E Y. I'm sorry. Say it again. Her last name is spelled G E A S E Y. Yes. And I'm what I'm going to do is when we post on Instagram this episode, go yes. look because I'm going to tag her in it. So that you For can sure. go to her page, and she is completely awesome with her commissions. Super like helpful, quick to respond, um, very reasonable. Like you, you pay for art. Like don't don't negotiate with artists and be a jerk. Like pay for their artwork because they deserve it. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're if we're giving her, um, you know, a recommendation right now, I'd just like to say that she's super fast, super yes. communicative. Oh, my God. She uh, was willing to try just uh, out of the box ideas to get yes. this done. She made it look organic. Like, you know, it was her idea from jump when yes. it was a collaboration. But basically, I saw um, an illustration that she did of Lupita Nyong'o from the Oscars last year and the dress that she wore. And I'm like. This is amazing. I would love to have a piece by her. I would love to have her do a piece for the podcast. So we went ahead and uh, commissioned one from her, and here we are. Yeah, and I didn't know, I didn't realize that's how you found her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that we, when we started having this conversation of, okay, we need to commission something. And we really wanted to, it, it wasn't strict, it wasn't like a strict rule of like we had to have a woman or a person of color or a woman of color or whatever, like do it. But like we, we wanted to, you know, like one thing we kind of pride ourselves with is having a diverse like team here, like with two, right. two of us. So we thought it would be really cool if we could find someone that fits our style and how we feel the podcast feels, which is like, this is a fun adventure. Like, yes. And even when it gets dark and believe me, it does. You just listen to it. Um, (laughs) You know, it's still like, oh, my gosh, we're having fun together. And and just it embodied like I just love it. I'm so I can't wait. I'm going to get that shit on the mug. I'm going to get it on a (laughs) sticker on my laptop when we record. I'm excited, guys. Your mug on a mug. My mug on a mug. Our mugs on a mug. Mug on a mug. Mug on a mug. (laughs) You need these mugs. You need it for coffee. I need it That's for right. tea because <laughs> I drink tea and you drink coffee. Yeah. I'm very tired, guys. It's midterms. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we are going to say good night. Good night. And I feel like there was something else I was supposed to say, but I don't remember, guys. Other well, than we literally- I love you, sweet chili babies. You need to yes. be excellent to each other. That's right. 
And, uh, you know, we, we littered the whole episode with ads for Third Coast. So come on down to Third Coast Comics. Get you some comic books. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. That's Sponsor right. the Graphic Novel Challenge. That's right. Yeah. So okay. thank you guys so much for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Please tell your foes about us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe. All of those things. It helps us a lot. All of those things. That covers all the bases. On that note, I'm Matt Peters. I'm Lex Lutz. Have a good one. Bye. All right. All right. <laughs> Man, you, you sound real mellow.